What's up, Peters? I sincerely want to thank you for listening to Got Fit in Japan. For over 10 years, we've worked as hard as we can to provide an exciting and interesting audio experience for you to enjoy about Japanese culture, booze, our insane lifestyles, and the weekly bizarre news. As you know, we are soon approaching episode 600 and we plan to go at least another 600 episodes. But we could use your help on our journey. If you would like to support Got Fit in Japan directly, you can do the following. First, you can join our Patreon. On our Patreon, you will get unedited shows, bonus audio content, more stories, bonus shows, outtakes, and photos that are too hot for Instagram. Second, you can visit my site, thespiltink.com. At thespiltink.com, you can purchase original art that will make your walls the cat's meow. Arouse creativity, inspiration, motivation, enlightenment by hanging one of my paintings on your walls. And they also make wonderful gifts. And if you have something creative in mind, send me a message through our Got Fit in Japan Facebook page. I'm more than happy to support you and make your world more positive and creative. Thank you, faders, and without further ado, enjoy the show. Got Fit in Japan! Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit in Japan. I am your host, Johnny. I'm Tom Tom Tokyo. And I'm Jeremy Deschner. That's right. And as you fine folks know, Got Fit in Japan is about one, two, three, each, Nissan, uno, dos, tres, three dudes, booze. Japan in the news. That is correct. And um, uh, Jeremy, what episode is this? I'm, I'm, I'm getting so confused these days. Okay, I think we're looking at 599 point, wait for it, 69, bro! 69, <laughs> dude! <laughs> hey. Oh, man. You're always on my mind. That's awesome. And Peters, I lied. I completely lied to you. There isn't three dudes here. There's actually four dudes here. We are honored this evening to be in the presence of the one, the only, Yasup from one of our favorite heavy metal bands coming out of Newcastle, Australia, Pure Envy. Yasup, welcome to the show, my man. Dudes, what's happening? The place to be. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show, dude. Um, dude, you've got a lot going on in your life right now. You've got a new CD that's out. You've got a tour that was kind of, it was postponed in Japan and mm. other places and stuff. Um, you released a music video. You guys uh, you guys got a lot on the plate, even though nothing's really happening, but it's starting to happen and stuff. And we want to know everything about you, past, present, and future. All right. So 
Yeah, a little while ago we ended up releasing an album called Redemption. So if you haven't heard that, I definitely recommend that you go and listen to that. If you're fans of like uh, the old school kind of thrash mixed with uh, British heavy metal and like bands like Trivium and uh, Killswitch Engage, that's like the best of both worlds. Um, as for, uh, yeah, like the plans that we had pre-corona, that uh, kind of stuffed everything up. So we had a bunch of shows that were all booked in Australia. There was a couple of, uh, few, uh, sorry, a few interstate runs and that all went to shit. And uh, obviously, yeah, the, the Japan thing went to shit as well. But um, yeah, I still don't know what's going on with that. There's a bit of uh, a bit of issues happening with all that kind of crap, but we'll see what happens. Other than that, um, we've been uh, writing new music. So the plan is to release some new music at the end of the year and start doing some shows around Australia because it's all good to go now as far as that's concerned. But yeah, other than that, man, Australia, born and bred, love it, love my metal. And I'd love to get to Japan one day because <laughs> I love sushi. <laughs> <laughs> it brings half the people here. Oh, really? The food? That and manga and anime. <laughs> wow. I've seen that stuff, you know, when people getting dressed up and whatnot. It's like, it's strange for me. You know, I watch it and I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on here? I'm not used to this, you know? It's different. You know, when you see it all the time, it's different when you don't see it. So when you go to the mm-hmm. States or someplace, you're like, so uh, where's the leprechauns? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got a question about your band. Um, metal is such a huge, diverse category of music. Uh, what would you place yours in? Because there's new metal, there's old metal, there's hair metal. In what would you place your band in? It's like I've had this this question a few times, and the best way that I can say it is, it's modern melodic thrash metal. It's yeah, it's like I want to say like a couple of other things, but that's the best way to put it. So it's like. Yeah, if you know what Iron Maiden sounds like and you like the speed Absolutely. of Metallica, yeah. that's that's pretty much what you're getting. But it's it's a bit more modern, you know what I mean? It's not the same. More Metallica, less Morbid Angel. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of old school death metal, man. I don't know why. It's, I, I like a lot Me of too. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I'm more of an '80s hair metal guy, to be honest. I, I grew up in the '80s, so I like that stuff that's too. That's my gym. Motley Crue. I love Motley oh, Crue. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen them live so many times. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, Morbid, Morbid Angel and Obituary. I'm, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Like, I, I like the old school kind of like uh, uh, European death metal more, you know, the melodic stuff. But as we talked about earlier before the show started, I'm more into, I like um, Slipknot. I like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's it? Uh, seven, sevenfold. Uh, mm-hmm. I like uh, Disturbed. I like all these like mo- more modern heavy, more modern than I than my '80s bands, but like modern heavy metal bands as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like your, your new metal stuff and, and all that kind of jazz. It's cool. It's yeah. cool, man. The other boys like metal as well. Uh, yeah, love metal, and I'm glad that you said oh, Iron Maiden. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, the thing is, a lot of people say that you guys sound like Killswitch and Gage, but I think you could sound more of like a combination of like Slayer, Iron Maiden, and No Effects. No Effects, like the punk thing. Why, why is that? You've, you've interested me. <laughs> okay, let me break this down. Slayer, because kind of like the, the voice, the voice, the vocals kind of sound like kind of old school Slayer from like South of Heaven, right? Yeah. So Raining Blood, I kind of get that vibe. 
Um, definitely Iron Maiden when it comes to the guitar riffs. I mean, the yeah. guitar riffs are so Maiden, right? And the singing also is a little bit Bruce in there. But then, you know, when like everybody's singing at the same time, I, I get this no effects vibe, dude. And I got that off your new album. I listened to your new album a couple of times. And I was just like, God, dude, I don't want to offend the guy, but I got to say it. He's got that no effects vibe, which I think is a good thing because I love no effects. Dude, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. I love how, um, yeah, with anything in life, everybody's got a different perspective and it's cool to hear other people's perspectives. I never would have thought of no effects. Yeah, I did grow up. When I was growing up, I, I got into punk first. And um, like uh, I love bands like Millencolon, and Lagwagon mm-hmm. and um, Alkaline Trio and stuff like that. And then um, my cousin showed me, I think it was Fade to Black, the Metallica oh. song. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was, I, was, I was playing bass when I first started. And then he showed me that song and I heard the guitar and I went, fuck me dead. Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it blew me away. I thought, fuck, that's what I got to do. That's what I want to do in my life. That was like, that's that point in, in your life when you realize what you really, really want. It's cool. That's true. Tom, you listen to metal. I do. Like, and? <laughs> I like, think of like, um, like well, we just said, like, our metal bands. Something. Like, who do you listen to, Tom? <laughs> it's an interview, dude. Oh, you know, I'm more of a club head more than anything, but back in the day, I used to live, uh, I don't know, let's see, Pantera, Corn. Oh, good. Uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, it's been a while, man. I've been more, I've been doing my club more DJ thing. But there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with metal, man. I do poke my head in and occasionally listen, but I prefer, I preferably prefer to go live, which is why I haven't been listening to it as much anymore. So. Cool. I'm going oh, to ask a question. Uh, you mentioned Metallica a couple times now, so that must be a, a big influence on your band. So if you're a Metallica head, you know there's pre-Black Album and post-Black Album. Which which kind of Metallica are you more into? Come on, man. Right, the Lightning <laughs> guy? Or, yeah. <laughs> you, you, uh, is this a serious question? <laughs> I have to ask the question for every, every aspect of every listener, so just... Play with me here a bit. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, man. Nah, man, like pre, pre. So I still love the Black Album. Like, I love so it. Do I. I think yeah. it. Sonically, it's like probably the one of the best things that's ever been produced. But like, I know a lot of people like, you know, rag on um, Injustice for All, but that, like, that's for me, that's the the fucking benchmark for me, man. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Justice for really All is shit. incredible. Only problem is oh, there's yeah. no bass. Oh man, like who cares? Battery. This is great too. I can probably play it a little bit for you if you want. <laughs> sure, sure. After some questions, after some questions. Now, um, I want to talk about your band. Tell us about your band, like your band members, and tell us how you guys got started. Because you guys got together in like what 2013, or that's when you released your first album. Yeah, yeah. So we got we oh, like all of us as a unit got together around 2011, I think 2012. And then um, anyway, there's four of us. So Adam, he's um, the other guitarist and the vocalist that we both sing together. And then Dave is the bass player, and Zach is the drummer. So we all like yeah, we all kind of got together around 2011, and me and Zach. We were in a band previously, but when we were younger, and 
it just wasn't working, you know, it just wasn't happening. And I ended up leaving. And I thought, well, I'll go and do, I'll go and do something different now. You know, I want to go do the rock thing for a while. It was like, you know, like I went from punk to metal to rock and I loved it all. And yeah, you know, like doing the rock thing for a while and slowly but surely the um the metal started creeping back in with the songs and <laughs> The songs are starting to change and they came to a point where, you know, unfortunately, the drummer that we had at the time, you know, the poor bugger, he just couldn't cut the mustard. So mm. ended up uh, telling Adam, you know, we've got Zach and I used to play with Zach and we can play the stuff that we want to play. So that was the reason that he got into the band. So he was he was the last piece of the puzzle there. But yeah, like we've been together for a, a fair while and um, it's like any relationship really, it's got its ups and downs. <laughs> But that's the way it goes. That's life. You know, if it didn't, then it'd be too easy. <laughs> Even that movie, um, the, that movie where where the um, what's it called? Shit, uh, just it was on the tip Spinal of my tap. Spinal, Spinal Tap. Yeah, the drummer explodes. It's always the drummer, man. Yeah, uh, they cop so much shit, but like. <laughs> it's, it's them all bass players man that's the way it goes <laughs> yeah, but you guys don't explode you know <laughs> no 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 oh, man if we had enough money to do it i reckon we could sort a way to do it <laughs> Make the shit out of it that'd be a great show to prop <laughs> what's what's metal like in your right uh speaking of like uh movies and video clips so like uh the one thing that kept coming up in youtube for you guys was deception film clip and it's just basically you guys throwing a raging barbecue and just getting fucking nuts and like you know, i guess all your fans and basically going ape shit over barbecue <laughs> so was, was that part of because I, I searched for it i only found that one clip on youtube it was was that part of a longer series or a movie or something no dude that's or that's just how video? it is that's just how it is <laughs> okay it's um that's there's not like a documentary there's not more to it it's like no no no. this is just us Let's going nuts fucking who cares chaos dude that was it that was the uh yeah a two-day affair and um <laughs> yeah probably only filmed about oh, 16 hours of it <laughs> but, you filmed um, for 16 hours oh uh, from the yeah like in the morning into the afternoon and then all the editing and all that crap so i say it wasn't 16 hours i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that but like it was, it was like it was a long, a long haul, man. It was huge. But the, the partying before it was probably, you know, where I'm getting the uh, the numbers from. <laughs> it was huge. Okay, I got a question. Um, mm. <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but it starts off with like a couple of people hanging out in the backyard, and then this really big guy shows up with like a case of beer, and the name of the beer is Pure Envy. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and he shows up, and then all you guys are fucking like just pounding beers and stuff. And then the band starts playing. Then there's a mosh pit. Then there's like a naked. Then there's like a naked guy or, or a guy in his underwear putting like chocolate <laughs> on his tits. And then these girl, this girl or something, starts like licking it off him. So yeah. how much, how much of that was scripted, <laughs> and how dude, much has actually happened? Dude, all all of the the last stuff that you said. Like the nakedness and the the Vegemite licking and all that stuff. That dude, all all of the like the last stuff that you said, like the nakedness and the the Vegemite licking and all that stuff. That was just impromptu. <laughs> it just happened. After a case and, of beer, anything goes, right? <laughs> a case, man. I think we spent about eight hundred bucks in beer. Whoa. So I don't know, American. I don't know what's that. Like five hundred. 
That's a few slabs of beer. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Such a good day. Such a good day. That's awesome. It's you surprised know, you can remember it. Uh, boys, I'm, I'm a professional. For <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> your next video... Your band, your performances, your performances when you guys play is just insane. You guys are wild, dude. You guys are on fire. How about for your next performance, you record one of your songs and make that into a music video? I didn't think about that, to be honest. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. It's a great idea. A you great should do it, Yasup. Deception Part Two. Sorry. Deception Part Two. Oh, oh we, we've talked about that as well, like waking up the next day from the barbecue and like trying right. to piece yeah. back together like the hangover. <laughs> the house is destroyed, man. <laughs> the only thing they can save it is metal. <laughs> oh, mate, that's perfect. That's perfect. You can't go wrong. Or you can record. You guys play quite a few festivals, from what I understand. You guys played um, the Steel Assassins Festival, the Aunt Mashiama Festival, which is an incredible name. I'll see that three times or the, and the thrash festival. Next time you play a festival and stuff, just record that when you got like 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people like out there screaming your name and shit. That's a music video. Oh dude. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that to happen. It's uh, I don't know. What do you say? It all takes a lot of planning and all that kind of jazz, but I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm keen no, on it though. No, 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 no. All it takes is an iPhone these days. You get yeah. two people with iPhones and you say, hit record and just point it in my direction. That's <laughs> That'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. Yeah. Give him a case of beer. <laughs> per person? No, don't give them beer. You give them beer, they, give them <laughs> beer. they can record shit. <laughs> Trust me, I've learned that one from experience. And a lot of recording. And after you start drinking, dude, the recording goes to shit. <laughs> you down, you finish the beer. <laughs> my, my my favorite track of yours is like uh dust oh man me too me too <laughs> that was that was the one that kept coming up and that was the one that i liked the most so like can you tell me about, uh, a bit about the writing process and the creative process that went behind that um the, oh, most of the writing and the creative process is all the same you know uh me and adam, myself and adam will write most of it and all in that time anyway, we, we wrote most of it. And then um, basically, yeah, you give it to the band and then the band kind of makes it their own, if that makes sense. So each individual musician will turn it into their own kind of thing. But um, I think what's special about that one is that, you know, if you listen to all the songs that are on the album, that you probably, you don't realise it, but you might now when you go back and listen, it's, that was the last song that was written. If, uh, and, and I think that had a lot uh, that, that played a lot in, in how the song turned out. You know, but like when we started writing the songs, it was 12 months before. So Deception was the first one. And then that Embodied by Dust was the last one. So there's like, even in that 12 months, there's a massive um, progression and evolution in the songwriting and stuff. So even now, like there's a massive, massive progression now that's happened again, which is cool, you know, like, that's how it should be. If you, I don't want to be like ACDC and write the same song, yeah, hundred times over. Mm. Well, people are into that stuff, but that's for me. That's not expressive enough. There's a, 
they have a formula they stick to it and they wrote it pretty far so i don't know man dude it's like i get it it's if you want chocolate cake you know you're gonna get chocolate cake and i did that i did that it's just not for me that's it but good for them <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough yeah let me ask you about the writing process. Um, do you write your songs all in one room, or do you, does somebody go off and write a, like a, a riff and come back to and say, hey, boys, check this out? Or does somebody go write lyrics and do the same thing? Hey, guys, who wrote these badass lyrics. Can you make a tune for it? How does that work for you guys? It never, it never starts with lyrics. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know why. It just never has. Okay. I think um, people, you know, like myself and Adam, the other guitarist, We've always been musicians, like guitarists first. Like that's how we think. We think like a like a guitarist. So it's what mm-hmm. comes out first. And I think you know it's cool because you know you hear something and it makes you want to sing. Sure. So yeah, like you know, like you hear something and it inspires you to sing a certain way. Like I just can't understand how people um, do the words or the melodies first. Like, like that's beyond me. Like. I, yeah, I'm not, not, not uh, I can't do that kind of thing for some reason. But yeah. So you guys uh, are pretty much riff first and then lyrics. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, as for riffs, like I'll write probably like 90% of it. And then, um, or there's been many times where Adam's just, he's played a, a simple melody or something on the guitar. And then that's shaped the whole song around it. That's happened right. a fair few times. Yeah, which is cool, you know. Like I've been stuck with uh, writing certain things, and I just couldn't, can't think of a section to go to. And he'll come up with a melody, and it, it'll either finish the song or it will completely start another song. So he he might start something in a in a like a like a like a E, you know, and just start riffing off of E or something, you know, just like a badass riff. And then you might just start adding in like little rhythm bit parts, like, and just try to like change up cool shit, right? Pretty much, man. And then we'll write a song around it. But um, yeah, we never really sat in the room together and written songs. Sadly. Nice. But, um, I kind of, I'll be honest, man, like I, I prefer it this way. Um, it's like, it saves a lot of time. And and uh, so, like myself and Adam will go between the, like the ideas and then me, like myself, myself and himself. We'll craft the best idea possible that we've got for a song, and then we'll go to the other guys. And it's like it, you just save like shitloads of time <laughs> instead, mm. in, in, as opposed to sitting with each other and and like arguing and bickering over little tiny pieces. It's like, well, no, well, here's your boat, you know, like let's start sailing. <laughs> that type of thing. Man. Well, that's well that you say that, but some of your songs, the guitar is just so complicated like for example redemption redemption i mean you you it starts off like i mean the lead when you take the lead it's like really fast and then it's really slow and then it's fast again you know and then all throughout the whole song it's almost like a beatles song because like it kind of changes like three or four times right so if you start off with that and you go to like the drummer you're like all right now you do something the drummer's like what the fuck do i gotta do <laughs> I mean that song is just really complicated. I mean it's almost mathematical. Uh man, like they're not meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not meant to be, but um it's it's funny that you mentioned the Beatles song. It's like you know, you listen to their songs and like their songs are like hips and valleys and you know, like you you listen the song just doesn't 
it's not monotone, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I like for a song to dynamically move and, and all that kind of stuff and to push and pull and to build and explode and, you know, like it's you, you, you're telling a story, like even musically. I think that's the, that's the essence of writing a good song. And um, but like as for the drum stuff, it's like, man, you know, if you hear a riff and it's it's charging, like it's pretty self-explanatory uh, what the drums need to do. I bet your drummer doesn't say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you get to the shits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it takes me ages to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. So a lot of people like myself who can play around with guitar, I'm not, I'm not anywhere talented or anything like that. I can do like campfire shit and just enough to annoy people. But um, one of the things they teach you at very basic guitar playing is like a pentatonic scale kind of builds up and you've got to look for a building up of emotion, 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 then a payoff. And then it kind of, that works into your hook. Is that how you think about music or um, when you write music, do you write completely outside of the pentatonic scale using different shit that you just made up or or like are you going like different kind of uh tunings what, what what are you what are you changing about your music to make it more like uh pleasing to your audience oh dude that's a really good question <laughs> um oh for starters i don't i don't really use pentatonic too much um very very rarely but i think it, it, it all it all comes to just you in your ear, you know, and when you, how do I say it? You're basically listening to the music that you want to hear, man. That's the best way that I can put it, you know, and, and all that stuff, like all the, um, I don't know what you call it. Like music the it, it just goes out the window. Like, do I know it? Yes. Did I always know it? No. You know, but like, right. you like, you definitely need to use your ears and, and, and you know, like if you something makes you feel something, man, like you're on the right fucking track. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, but yeah, the theory for me came later. But yeah. I'm sure when you're writing a song though, you just kind of get in the zone. You just start playing and then things just kind of come together, right? Yeah. Like you improvise, man. You make it up. You make it up. And then like, and you know, it doesn't matter if it sucks. You know, like no one's going to hear it, but having that uh, ability to work through that that pain and just give it a go and see what happens. Usually, nine times out of ten, I was actually talking to Adam about this today. That's when the best songs are written, the ones that aren't forced, and it's the ones where the the magic just kind of happens and you go with it. It's it's a beautiful thing to write a song, like it really is. Uh, yeah, you seem to have a, a, a sorry, Joe. Uh, you seem to have a lot of uh, respect for the craft. So, like, uh, could you maybe like wind the clock back a little bit? And like, how did you first, very first, get into music to begin with? Oh, okay, man. So, like, back, back, <laughs> um, back in high school. As far back, hey, man. It's like you, you're you're the guest. You can you can share as uh, how do you say as much or as little about yourself as you want. But okay. I guess up to you. I'm just kind of wondering, like, you know, what was the impetus? With, you know, were you a little kid? You went to a concert and it was like, I want to fucking do that. Or I don't know. <laughs> What's your deal? Man, I know it sounds weird, but I was in the seventh grade, I think you guys say. And um, yeah, music class was one of those things that you had to do in seventh and eighth grade. And then nine and 10, you had to elect it if you want to do it. Anyway, in the seventh grade, I was uh, 
I was doing really well on the, on the piano. You don't even realize, you know, like you just, you're doing well and whatever. And that, that from there, that's what, what sparked my music journey. Like I came home, my sister used to play uh, the, the keyboards and the, the what do you call it, accordion. <laughs> <laughs> like and, my uh, Oh man, like all the wog, uh, do you know what wog <laughs> means? Do you know what that means or? No, I just know my aunt, my aunt is like in her seventies and she plays the accordion. Well, there you go. So for, for us, like wogs mean uh, European, European people that come here. That's a wog. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, but so she, she used to play that in the keyboard and I remember playing the, like one of the like keyboards one day and you press, I press play on something and then this Mozart song started to play. And it, like I'm watching the screen and I'm watching the keys. It's telling me how to play it. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. You know, a couple of days later, and I went back to music class and I started playing the Turkish March from Mozart. And my music teacher noticed. And she's like, where did you learn that? You know, and I said, oh, it's on this fucking keyboard at home. Anyway, she said, oh, you should learn how to play bass or something with guitar. I thought, and most people say, oh, I'll play bass because it's easier. Started playing bass, and then, as I said before, you know, like I got into the punk stuff, and then uh, my cousin showed me the Metallica song "Fade to Black," and then that was that was the end for me. I was like on the guitar journey from there on in. It was and, all uh, over. That's that's gone, man. <laughs> and it's yeah, all, like it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I um I learned a lot of Metallica songs. Like that's how I learned to play, and then nice. um. And then I learned everything by ear. And um, like even like Joe Satriani stuff and then Steve Vai stuff, even Malmsteen stuff. Malmsteen is still one of my favorites. And um, yeah, man, like that just taught me how to play. And then probably only just recently, like in the last six months, I um, like I lost my job. I used to work in the coal mines here in Australia. And and um, I thought, what the fuck am I going to do, you know? And, and someone said to me, like, have you ever thought about teaching music? And I thought, I don't know how to teach it. I don't know the theory. You know, that was my biggest, like, holding me back. And then, but yeah, like, since for the past six months, all I've been doing is learning theory. And it's like, right, I'm going to do this now. And, like, I'm going to teach people. Like, I've set up a whole business online and everything. Probably the next couple of weeks, I'll launch it and I'll be good to go. So that's where I'm at, man. That's all happening. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I mean, with all this downtime, why not use it? Absolutely. You mentioned Steve Vai. Did you ever watch that old movie called Crossroads with Steve Vai and Ralph Macchio? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I remember, like, back when I was a kid, I was trying to learn that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck can't I play this? And like, I know the scales and everything, but I couldn't play it. And then I ended up watching a YouTube video like years later, and there's somebody that's worked it out how he's picked the strings and this is why I'm like, ah that's all right <laughs> it's so funny because that i'm a martial artist and Ralph macho has a certain place in martial arts world <laughs> i'm sure he has that same place in the guitar people's world as well like you you watch him on screen playing a guitar and i'm like i play shit guitar and that's not a chord what he's doing right <laughs> there's not a chord and he's not moving his fingers right yeah and it's the same for his martial arts movies right because he you look at him and like no one taught you how to do that. That's not how you do that. Yeah. You know the Cobra Kai fan? Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan because I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I like you know I like Crossroads for like, the fact that Steve Vai was in it. I was like, oh, cool, Steve Vai's in this movie. I'll watch it. And then I watch it. I'm like, what kind of ridiculous fucking shit is this? <laughs> <laughs> Someone got paid to rot it, man. <laughs> so sure did, man. What's Took up? that? Check and ran. What martial arts do you do? Uh, I'm a jujitsu guy and a karate guy. Uh, Wrestling, Adam, I do all that stuff. Adam, the guy in the band, he does uh, Bujinkan. Nice. Bujinkan. So uh, I can't remember what's his name. Hatsumi Sensei is some guy he goes to Japan and trains with. Oh, cool, cool. Really cool, man. Not for me, though. <laughs> it's not for everybody. Uh-uh. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. If you're going to get your fit on, you got to get your fit on in style. That's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Hey, yo, what's up, faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Yeah, like and some of these festivals are playing with like almost 20 other bands. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was pretty cool, dude. Like, that's one of the first times, like, at Thrashfield, that was probably the biggest show that we've played. And um, it's just such a shame that it was raining, but it was still a really good crowd, you know. But, um, oh, man, sick show. We applied for it again, to play it again later this year. We'll see what happens. I'm not too sure if it'll happen, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty hopeful, you know, it'll be sick. But things in Australia right now are kind of opening up, right? Everybody's got the jab. Uh, we haven't got the jab, well, I haven't, but um, uh, what do you call it? The the gigs and stuff, they went from, I don't know if you guys were having sit-down shows and stuff like that. Yeah. We're Mama quite the really? opposite. Yeah. You're still having shows? Well, no, we're, we're the opposite. Yeah. Well, right now we're in a lockdown, like a serious lockdown, well, kind of serious lockdown. But before the lockdown, there's still shows, there's still clubs. I mean, 
nobody would really yeah. go to the shows or clubs, but still things were happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom was well, booking. Man, everything TV was like pretty much. Wow. Yeah, I canceled out last minute, but yeah, but basically, like because Japan being Japan, like they, the government politely asked people not to go out and party and get drunk and have you know basically go to live shows and whatnot. And yeah. majority of people respected that, but not all of them. And then like this last month, they got really fucking strict. They've had a lot of problems with mutations going nuts and whatnot. And they're trying. They're still trying to push ahead with the Olympics, even though nobody fucking wants it. That's crazy man i thought honestly i was surprised when i heard that they were going to go ahead with it like i thought last year when i said i will wait till next year i even still thought fuck we're gonna be nuts to do it that's crazy man i think we're going through with it and i think they're actually extending the lockdown another uh, another month until june 21st are you serious that's what was in the paper today are you i didn't see Uh, i wouldn't i haven't read that but i wouldn't be surprised oh my god yeah dude people are dude it's gonna get crazy here man i think people are kind of at their limit of just happiness being kind of um dried out so i think people i think what's gonna happen is you know what actually you know what a cool thing that might happen people might go completely the polar opposite to the normal people might start doing underground stuff underground festivals underground clubs underground this and that which is going to be bad because of the coronavirus and nobody's got the vaccine but still i think that would be kind of cool just to have an underground scene again because japan hasn't had an underground scene like a real underground music scene in a long long time so i think that'd be kind of cool and whenever there's an underground especially a forced underground that's when the best music comes out Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, man. Well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, that might happen, or people might just go fucking straight up Mad Max. Who knows? That's <laughs> true. I give it 50 50, man. 50 50. So, if you think about it right now, this is the 2020s, right? In the 1920s in the US, alcohol was prohibited, and they all started going to like speakeasies and underground. So in Japan, we might get a, we might get a, re- a revision of that. So, like in the 2020s, that um, we all go underground and we all go to speakeasies from here on out. That would be kind of weird, right? True. Let's all go blind together. Well, Tom, you live above a pretty amazing liquor store. So the thing is, I mean, if there is a complete lockdown, I think I'm going to be chilling at your house. I didn't show you the picture of it, but there was a picture like a couple of weeks ago where they knocked down the wall. So like the, the liquor store is like just area was open. I literally could have walked up like I wouldn't I wouldn't steal or anything like that. But like I'm surprised they did it. And like when people are going this nuts, but like that, that, that like their the storage area was just open. You could I just like walk in and just start grabbing cases, whatever. Oh, that like, is bad. I'm sure it's my wife. She's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to steal anything. I'm still going to pay for my stuff. But still. If worse comes to worse, if this place does go bad, Max, at least I'll be drunk and happy. <laughs> <laughs> well put, well put. Uh, yes, if I got to ask, do you have any insane tour stories or any crazy like uh, event stories or anytime you guys like played in Sydney and the shit hit the fan or something? Well, luckily, man, luckily nothing's ever really gone that bad for us. Or good, good stories are good. You know, like spontaneous orgy. That's fun. Oh, no, nothing like that. 
We're a metal uh, band, dude. It's predominantly male. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, no. like, yeah, like, that'd, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, the only thing I can really think of, man, it's it's like everything's everything's going pretty well to plan, but uh, the self-infliction of uh, <laughs> like just punishment, alcohol and stuff. Like we've we've done some stupid shit, man. <laughs> but you guys ever went full GG Allen? No, not on stage. Nothing like that. Man. Like, we're usually pretty good like, when we play, but uh, afterwards is a different story, man. It's <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, okay, what can you tell us? Like, what craziness can you share with us? We, we've, heard, we've heard some good ones in all the, very, all the bands very, we've interviewed. Very, very minutely. <laughs> Just alcohol, man. Just stupid stuff. But uh, like, I'm uh, a bit afraid of what I say here now. <laughs> It's uh, in a nutshell, we we uh, we do like to party. <laughs> awesome, I'm glad to hear it. Now, my next question to you is What is your opinion on Coopers? Coopers, the beer, yes, of course, the beer. Coopers, how do you know what Coopers is? Oh, I know a lot about Coopers. <laughs> You'd be surprised. My, my middle name is Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do can you get it over there? No, that's the problem. Oh. Same as Tui's, you can't get it here. Yeah. Oh, dude, you don't you don't want that shit anyway. That's Camel's piece. <laughs> okay, so I'll see how you feel about uh, Fat Tire before. That's that's a, a good Aussie beer. Which one? Fat Tire. Fat Tiger. Tire. Oh. tire. Hey, wait, it's Fat Tire, right? Never heard yeah, it's of Fat it. Tire. That one a couple times. It's like I don't know. It's Aussie. It's hard to find. I don't know. Okay, well, we're not going to say the F word. Let's just change the question. <laughs> we say the F word, and everybody from Australia gets pissed off. Phosphorus. <laughs> yeah. uh, isn't there a certain beer that's a... That, isn't there a certain word that's Australian for beer? <laughs> yeah, peace. <laughs> it's oh, all, all, all alcohol is just called piss. pissed. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. What about tour tips? When you guys like tour around Australia, Australia is huge. That's the cool yeah, thing about yeah. Australia. It's huge, and you got like a different scene in every city. Melbourne, yeah. Sydney. They're they're all different, and they're all really cool. And the thing is, when you tour, what are some tips that you can give us? Oh, uh, right. Like for like bands and stuff in general. For anything, like a, a lot of people listen to our show, and a lot of bands listen to our show. So, if you could give a couple of tips or just one great tip, that would be fantastic. Everybody loves that shit. All right, so I'll do like for bands and just like people traveling. So for bands, if you're thinking to come here, you know, like it's probably it's not like the rest of the world where you know you can tour and play somewhere every night. <laughs> so it's you got to keep in mind that. But fuck, man, like where we live, to the next major city is 12 hours. Wow. So it's, and that's, that's to like, that's, we're in the middle, we're near Sydney, that's about two hours away. And then 12 hours up is Queensland, uh, Brisbane, and then 12 hours like down is Melbourne. So wow, there's, okay. yeah, man, it's huge. You know, like, and you have to drive because it's so much cheaper. And, um, and yeah, you, you stay in the car with uh, four dudes in it fluctuating uh relentlessly and all that kind of jazz <laughs> but uh if you yeah if you're a band like definitely come for a couple of weeks and then you play like from thursday to sunday 
and just hit like hit one state each like each weekend. So do like four shows in one state, and then you, you're minimising your driving times. Um, what else? Like for travellers, like I've been I've been to a fair few places in the country. Like it's fucking massive. <laughs> um, but if I had to tell people to go somewhere, like definitely go to uh, Queensland, like your Surface Paradise, and uh, what's the other beach called? Gold Coast. Really, really cool if you like the beach and that kind of uh, culture. If you're into food and all that kind of stuff, definitely go down to Melbourne and even Tasmania. I just went to Tasmania a couple of weeks ago. Wow. That's the best food I've ever eaten in my fucking life. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Was, I know Melbourne's great. Yeah, I've been yeah. to Melbourne and their food is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. When did you go to Melbourne? Oh, dude, I've, I haven't been back in a long time. It was 2006 when I went to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been I've been there in between 2006 and 2008. I had a job where I had to travel to Australia and America every other month. So yeah, I went there several times. Yeah. And it was, it was usually, it was Melbourne or it was Sydney. Those are the two places where we had data centers and I'd have to travel back and forth between those. A lot of good friends over there in, yeah. in, um, in, in both places. Awesome. 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 What's your favorite place? Sydney or Melbourne? Um, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I like Melbourne best or right, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne. I'll say it correctly. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne, fucking Sydney's a shit hole. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On um, that note, what is the future of Pure Envy? Oh, uh, man. So, like, in the next, well, what, what month are we in now? Uh, May? May. October. October. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, every day's the same here. It's we don't go outside. <laughs> um, Oh, dude, so like later on this year, release some songs, probably an EP, four to five tracks. And then, um, yeah, we'll do some shows at the end of the year, possibly early in the next year, and then release another bunch of songs next year, and we'll see what happens, man. I still want to get over to Japan. So but we're really excited and looking forward to that. But, yeah, just shit at the fans. So we'll see what happens. Release new music, do some shows. Well, yeah. if the Olympics can happen here, why not have Pure Envy come out here? I mean, you guys were supposed to have this massive tour out here. You're going to play at my joint. And and I know the people that you're working with on here. And they are basically like, dude, they had the best tour lined up for you. And the thing is, all these bands are still together. Everybody's still practicing. So when you do come out here, trust me, it is going to be the cat's meow. Meow. <laughs> All right, trust me, it's gonna be the fucking jam, dude. You're gonna have a great time, and I can't wait for you guys to come out here, man. It's gonna be amazing. Well, oh, dude, we are more than keen. Um, also, before we take a break, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, nothing really, you know, like just keep uh, if you want to follow us on social media and stuff like that to keep updated if you want to see our journey, and um, yeah, like everywhere at Pure MV Official and. Yeah, keep an ear to a ground and when we release new stuff later on in the year, and hopefully we'll see you guys in the next few years. Okay, um, my question before we take a break is: What song of yours? What give me give me two songs that I need to download? What are essential songs for your band? Oh, embodied by dust. All right, and I'm gonna say forsaken. Done. Where's my phone? Right. Here it is. I'm, I'm Check on. it out, dude. Redemption's right. awesome too. I like redemption. Redemption starts off strong. <laughs> it fucking just starts off. You're just like, wow, this is driving music. 
<laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. I got I got a list for my I I always listen to when I drive my Harley around, mm-hmm. and so these guys are getting added to that list. And those, I'm adding those songs. My okay. man, thank you, dude. Awesome. Well, on that note, faders, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we've got the news. We got the top five stories of this week. All right, peace. Are you in Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each, and they're worth so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct Mitsuya link to Lickers. the Spilled Inks Etsy Yo, shop. What's up, go there, if shop you're in away, Asia, support the Japan, show, because if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, and we're going to get too. So faders, without Mitsuya further ado, Lickers. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the Shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. It's your liquor. Welcome back, faders, to Guy Fit in Japan. We are back from the break. We hope you enjoyed our delightful commercials. And now what we're going to do is we're going to roll forward with the news. Right now, faders, we've got the top five. Right now, we've got the top five. Faders, we've got the top five. And what is the top five? The top five is the top five best, weirdest, craziest, most bizarre stories from this week. And we're going to start off strong with our man, Yasup. Yasup, what story do you have for number five? Uh, this is, uh, well, I've got one here. 91-year-old woman in wheelchair dies after being pushed downstairs. Uh, police in uh, <laughs> Himeji Hyogo Prefecture have arrested an 87-year-old man on suspicion of murder after he pushed a 91-year-old woman who wheelchair down a flight of stairs in front of According to police, the incident occurred around 7 p.m. Friday at a residence for elderly people, Sunkei 
Shimbun reported. Um, police said the suspect is accused of pushing Sachiko Matsuo down the stairs from the second floor. An employee from the facility heard the noise and called uh, 119. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, that's got me. That's fucked me. Matsuo was taken to hospital where she was pronounced dead due to a severe head injury. Surveillance camera footage at the facility showed the man pushing the wheelchair down the stairs. He also lives at the facility on the same floor as Matsuo. Police said the suspect, whose name hasn't been released, has denied intent to kill the woman, but gave no reason for his act. Like, why else would you fucking do it? The bitch owed him money, man. It was Sunday. I just better have my money. Where's my envelope? I come here every Sunday to collect a brown envelope, bitch. Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> blum, 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 blum. Oh man. Okay. Either he was collecting money, or maybe this guy got so old where his brain kind of reverted and turned into a little kid's brain. You know what little kids are? Yeah. You know when little kids turn like they they turn at that age where they kind of like girls and boys and stuff, but they don't know how to express their feelings. So what they do is they kind of like you know like a little boy will like push a girl or he'll like write on her or do something mean to the girl, but actually he does kind of have a crush on her or something like that. Well, maybe this old man's brain kind of reverted to that stage in his life, and I guess maybe he was he was a real bully as a little kid or something, or maybe he had a real big heart on for this girl because instead of like you know, just like saying, I like you, or let's get a cup of coffee or tea or something. He just pushed her down the stairs and said, now that's, <laughs> that's how I'm going to get this one. <laughs> I guess he's going to have to find her in heaven. <laughs> Bitches love stairs. Right. Huh? Maybe he's getting old. Maybe he's getting senile. Maybe he just loved, he's like, he, he, in his own fucking dimension, dimension adult brain, he thought, hey man, have you ever seen America's Funniest Home Videos? You would be really fucking funny. Well, he was on camera. Dude, what if they were making a TikTok? He's like, yeah, just lean back. TikTok. If you lean back, you're gonna totally get this. <laughs> <laughs> a million likes and a million days in prison. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's a good story. All right, who wants to go next? Tom, you want to go next? Uh, I can go next. Uh, I'm going to take this one because I think this one is by far the juiciest story out of, of the bunch. Because I don't have more than a dozen stories to choose from. Ex-sex workers suspected of swindling men by luring them to hotels. Ooh, this sounds pretty juicy and sexy, but I promise you it gets even crazier. Tokyo Metropolitan Police have arrested two women who are suspected of swindling nearly two dozen men by luring them into hotels, reports CBS News. According to the police, Chiharu Sato and Rie Sakamoto, both 31, worked together to steal 43,000 yen in cash from a shoulder bag of a 28-year-old man at a hotel in the Ikebukuro area of Toshima Ward last month. Upon their arrest on suspicion of theft on Thursday, both suspects admitted to the allegations. According to police, uh, Sato and Sakamoto met five years ago when they worked together at a Fuzoku, a.k.a. commercial sex parlor. Rie Sakamoto allegedly stole 43,000 yen from a man at a hotel in April via Twitter. And uh, yeah, so that's basically she's like 400 bucks. But here's where it gets interesting. They were a master and servant relationship. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Sakamoto began living in Sato's residence last December in a relationship described by Fuji News Network as master and servant. In lieu of paying rent, Sakamoto did the heavy lifting and the capers. The victims were targeting, uh, or targeted the, the uh, matchmaking app. Uh, Sato instructed Sakamoto to meet them at hotels in Ikebukuro. In the aforementioned case, Sakamoto stole the money while the victim was in the shower, a crime that required only 10, that only required 10 minutes. After each crime, Sakamoto sent photographs of the stolen items to Sato via the, app, the chat app line. Stolen cash was then used to purchase uh, brand name goods and cover living expenses. Over a two-month period, they are believed to have swindled about 20 men uh, uh, out of more than a million yen. Wow. So, yeah, not, not, not a bad haul. So they got about 10 Gs out of the whole uh, shindig. Yeah, so what was the relationship like, you know, fucking, you know, master and servant? It's like it pits the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's great. You know, the, the poor thing, the worst thing about this article was not the guys that got their money stolen. Was that like basically the cops had to come to their house, knock on their door and say like, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Saito-san. Um, yeah, we've got this footage from this person admitting that she stole money from you as uh, at a hotel. And uh, yeah, so we need you to come down to the uh, station and talk about this. But the thing is, the guy's probably married. He's there with his kids. He's there with his grandma. So out of all these 20 guys that basically got their money back or something, or they had their chance to testify... Well, that's great, but also kind of a negative thing is, well, their parents, family, boss, everybody knows that, you know, they see hookers. Yeah, that's, and they like probably, to wear baby diapers. That's probably why they got away with it for so long. So, you know, these guys aren't going to fucking go to the cops. They're like, yeah, I was, a, 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 you know, with a hooker in a love hotel and she swiped some of my shit. <laughs> you know they're not going to go to the cops and say that. Uh, that's Gross. crazy. <laughs> Oh, uh, silly hookers. <laughs> They're always I was, her, I was her 40th customer that day. So. Oh, you're the last one. Insist on showering first. She insisted on kissing. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted a handshake. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And a golden apple. Yeah, I thought she tasted a little bit salty there. Oh. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> all right i guess on that lovely note i'll go next because i've got a great story to follow that that one this one uh, has a title in, in the crime section of the japan today.com uh it's called boy hooks skeletal remains while fishing at a pond Whoa. osaka a junior high school boy hooked skeletal remains while fishing in a pond in Kodama City, Osaka Prefecture on Sunday afternoon. The boy's mother notified police about the skeletal remains hooked on her son's fishing line around 4 p.m., the Sankei Shimbun reported. Police said parts of a lower body, including the waist, knees, uh, I'm sorry, the waist and knees, were hooked when the boy cast his line into the pond. Although the age and gender of the corpse have not been determined, why not? It seems like that'd be fairly easy to do. Or body. <laughs> it was wearing uh, long black pants, okay? The pond is about 3,000 uh, square meters in size. Police said Monday 
They were searching the waters uh, for the upper part of the body. That's it. What do you guys think? You go out for fishing for little uh, catfish or whatever, and you pull up uh, the lower half of a human body. What do you think? Black pants means ninja. <laughs> Could be Darth Maul. Remember at the end of uh, the end of uh, episode one where Darth Maul got cut in half. You never saw what happened to the second half. The second half went into the into the pond. He was wearing black pants. <laughs> That's true. But did that happen in a galaxy far, far away and a long time ago? <laughs> Could have, yeah. They don't see how old the legs are. But it was a skeleton. Yeah. You could have fallen down a wormhole. I'm just saying, because you know you've already felt that. It could have been anything. Could have been a wormhole. Could have been. Man, do you think that kid when he pulled it out, he's like, "Oh man, lucky me! Halloween's gonna be awesome this year," or he was just terrified? Oh, I think he's probably screaming and freaking out. I would have been. (laughs) Mom, move me to the city. Move me to the city. Yeah. Get me out of the fucking country. I hate fishing, Mom. I hate fishing. <laughs> Do you think he checked the, the uh, how to say, the pants for a wallet? Oh, somebody did. Yeah, it's probably did. those two hookers. Those two hookers come running up from the hotel <laughs> across the street, pick it over, and check for a wallet. <laughs> All those goofy hookers. Yeah, they probably just slipped him a couple bills and said, "Look, kid, you saw nothing." Yeah. Take a hike, kid. Uh, okay, my turn, my turn. All right, what do I got here? Okay. <clears throat> Cash box containing 42 million yen, 10 expensive watches stolen from a hotel room. Now, my first question is, who the fuck is in a hotel right now? I mean, everything's closed. Nobody should be traveling. Who is in a hotel? This is crazy, mm-hmm. especially right now. Okay, the story took place in Osaka. Osaka. I used to do two cash boxes containing 42 million yen in cash and 10 luxury brand watches, not Casio's, were stolen from a business hotel room in Osaka on Saturday night. According to police, the theft occurred at the hotel in Chuo Ward between 6 p.m. and 7.40 p.m. while the 46-year-old man occupying the ninth floor room was conveniently out, Saninki Shimbun reported. When he returned to his room, he noticed the cash box missing. He notified hotel staff who called police. Uh, police said the door of the room had been pried open and the and are examining the surveillance camera footage to see who came near the man's room while he was out. Probably nobody because nobody's in hotels. Nothing else besides the cash boxes were taken from the room, police said. The man is a financier who has been staying at the hotel since February. Um, Two words, guys, inside job. I mean, come on, everything's probably insured and it's so convenient that it disappeared, but that's my thought. What are your thoughts? I think you pointed it out, man. There's two guys at that hotel. <laughs> One guy's <laughs> incredibly rich and the other guy's probably just barely making their payments on the hotel room. So I <laughs> guess it's that guy in the, in room in room 301 was the one who took his, his shit, right? The guy who checked out the same day everything went missing. Yeah. Pretty shifty, pretty shifty. Tom, what are your thoughts? I was actually going to say, I was, I, I think, I don't know, man, this guy sounds like all kinds of shifty. Like, why is he in a hotel right now, especially with that much cash? I think uh, to begin with, those were some ill-gotten gains to, to start with, man. Yeah, Tim watches. 
Nobody's got who, 10 who, arms. Right now, during the middle of a fucking pandemic, where, like, nobody's been vaccinated, and this, and especially, particularly in Osaka, particularly in Osaka, which is going fucking nuts and haywire with the virus. Like, who's in a hotel room right now? Unless it was a criminal who's fucking hiding. Why, where, why was he hiding there? The last place anyone would expect to fucking look for him. Who's going to check Holiday out the hotel room right now? Holiday, Holiday in, right? <laughs> hey man, as far as security goes, you get what you pay for, right? I think he stole his own watches. I think basically he stole them and then he sold them on the side and then he complained. He's like, hey, listen, all this shit was stolen and um, yeah, insurance payday. How useless are those lock boxes, by the way? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Don't they have any super glue or anything to hold them down? I mean, I just walked in there and went, yoink, yoink. See ya. It's, and there's two of them. Who's got two, like, those what? little lock boxes in their hotel room? Usually there's just one. He had 42 million yen. 42 million. So he probably need yeah, 42 million yen in cash. That's almost half a million dollars in cash. Yeah. So... Yeah, so he probably needed a couple boxes. That's that's a pretty large chunk of money. Wait, do you Plus think he asked, but that is that is. Do you think he asked the hotel staff at Holiday Inn? He's like, "Hi, listen, I've got a huge amount of money and I'm going to need two boxes." <laughs> <laughs> listen, just one box won't cut it. They're like, "Well, how much money do you have?" "Oh, geez, only 42 million yen, but I also got these 10 really nice watches." <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, "You know what time it is?" <laughs> and, and all and all it took to, to pull this caper off is what like a 10 20 dollar crowbar that's it that's it pop open the door pop open the lockboxes boom guy made his escape. Hit, hit hit the security camera on the way down to the room and, and knock out the security cameras and then pry the door open fucking Tom's the lookout. Tom, Johnny runs in <laughs> grabs the boxes and we all come back and you know I don't order some who walks yeah. around with a crowbar? <laughs> Who walks around? This is too convenient. This is too convenient. There's something fishy going on here. I don't know, Yasef. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, uh, man. I reckon Tom's uh, definitely hit the nail on the head with mm-hmm. everything that he said. I'm, I'm like all for it. And, and it was an inside job. It had to be. Like, fuck, man. Who else is going to be there in the hotel? It's fucking. That's inside job for sure. Has to be. Yeah. How come this guy doesn't have a bank? <laughs> Use the bank. <laughs> uh, if you if you walk up to a bank with four four hundred thousand U.S. dollars, you got to explain where you got that money from. You can't just deposit anything over ten thousand dollars. Anything over ten thousand dollars, you got to have an answer for where that money came from. I found it in a hotel room. <laughs> in a hotel room in a lockbox. <laughs> I'll all these fucking watches. Happen to have a crowbar in my hand. It, it, it was underneath the, the mattress next to the dead hooker and all the crack pipes. Use <laughs> <laughs> needles. That's, that's, the kind of, that's clearly the kind of establishment he was staying in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sip, you get the last story. So you get story number one. All right, man. All right. Let's go on with a bang. Japanese man fined for posting images of athletes on porn sites. <gasps> Uh, the 37-year-old man has been fined 600,000 yen for posting images of several female athletes without their permission on a pornographic website he operates. Oh, wow. Um, Kosuke, Kosuke Koyama, who was arrested earlier this month for alleged copyright infringement, paid the fine Thursday after Tokyo prosecutors 
issued a summary indictment. Koyama's arrest was the first of its kind on information provided by the Japanese Olympic Committee regarding images of athletes distributed without their consent for sexual conciliation. Um, according to the indictment, he used 39 images captured from <coughs> a sports TV program with the broadcasters without the broadcaster's permission and posted them on the website around May 18, 2019. The images were accompanied by sexually explicit comments on the website, according to the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department. Widespread sharing photos and videos of female athletes, often taken without their knowledge and in sexualized context, has been garnered the attention as a social problem, with more victims speaking up. The summary indictment is a simplified procedure that skips court procedure uh, proceedings and is used for less serious offences. What a fuckwit! <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, what possesses somebody to do something like that? I don't understand. Well, how do you use a VPN? <laughs> he just posted it with his own IP address sticking out there like a fucking pair of dog's balls. Oh, man. VPN blocker, eh, you reckon? Fucking yeah. this, this has been happening on the internet since day one. I mean, if you look up any celebrity with the word naked afterwards, you're going to get it, you know? That's true. It's true. It might be fake, but yeah, you're, you're going to get it. Oh, it's definitely fake. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's do Tom. Tom, hold on. Let me... <laughs> Tom naked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, you don't want to see me naked. Don't do my name. Faders, don't do my name. But yeah. So wait, what's going to happen with this guy? Does he get a fine or does he get jail time? That's it. That's what it says. I reckon fine. Yeah, didn't it say that in the beginning he got 600,000 yen fines? You know, so he got fined six Gs. I wonder how no, much. No, 600,000. Yes, that's yeah, six Gs, right? There. That's six yeah. Gs right there. Ouch. Ouch. That's, that's, that's ouch. No jail? Nah, in Japan they don't put you in jail unless you murder someone, man. Really? If it's a, if it's a crime, if it's a crime like that, you probably get like a, a fine and you got to do some kind of restitution. I mean, Usually they care about more money than they care about putting you in jail. Yeah. I mean, you go to jail if you cut somebody up and throw them in the pond where a little boy hooks them with a fishing line. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a hooker and you're stealing credit cards. Exactly. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if you're walking around, uh, suspiciously walking around a hotel with a crowbar, you know, you never know. <laughs> you show some, nope. some tennis player's coach, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah. It's underage because if they're underage, then they oh, that's a different story. Yeah, then you should yeah. definitely do like time. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a whole different story, dude. That's a whole different ball of wax. But they're athletes. A lot of these athletes in the Olympics are underage. Not that many, dude. Like, what? Who's who's underage? Like, I don't know. Maybe gymnastics. Just, anybody that gym, does gymnastics, gymnastics like swimmers, players, and that's fucking it. Gymnastics. A lot of the gymnastics girls and boys, I guess they're all like like teenagers. Yeah, like that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, other than gymnastics and like ping pong, who the fuck else is underage? I don't know. I, I don't really care about the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really care yeah, about the Olympics. Those only two off the top of my head. I can I can think of. 
I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, faders, use your internet for good and not evil. And when I say good, that means download the show and tell your friends about Guy Faded Japan and go to our sponsors. Check on our sponsors. Check on our Patreon and all that other good stuff we have. Um, I think that's a show, guys. That was awesome. Um, Yasup, one more time. Can you please do me the greatest favor and plug your band, dude? I love your band. Plug it. Plug it away. There's a lot awesome. of people listening. Get the word out, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I had an awesome night. Um, if you guys want to check out our music, go on Spotify or YouTube and just type in Pure Envy. You can check out our latest release, Redemption. And if you follow us on our socials, it's uh, Pure Envy Official Everywhere. And yeah, look out for the next six months. We'll release some music and we'll see what happens. We might do some shows. Cheers. Hopefully you're in Japan, man. Dude, I'm serious, man. We had some amazing bands lined up for you guys to play with out here, dude. I had like three, I had, had a Japanese Iron Maiden cover band, dude, called Coven. They are so sweet. And the lead singer is a girl. And she's got a voice that can kick shit, dude. She's awesome, man. It is fucking fan. And so, so, so basically, so basically just chill on a little bit in Australia, you know, you know, study, study like music theory and practice and stuff. Get some songs together. And when you come on here, dude, let's raise hell together. Let's do this, man. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I can drink a lot. But my other co-hosts over here, these guys to the right of me, they can drink just as much, if not more. Okay? So you're in great company when you come out here. Done. Done. Happy days. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, on that note. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> No, no, I was just going to say, nice to meet you. I honestly had a good night. <laughs> awesome. Likewise. Well, faders, you know what to do. Go down to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It means a lot to us. It really does, and it helps us out in the ratings. And um, on top of that, we do have Patreon. We've got so many videos on Patreon. And speaking of videos, uh, what else do we have? Some other platform with videos. Jeremy, what do we have over there? I believe we have YouTube. Get out there and find the YouTube, guys. Get out there. It's free. It's fun to watch. Um, you can show your friends, and you're like, hey, I know that guy. I know that guy. I hate that guy. And then uh, you can sit there and uh, complain about the show or tell everybody that you love the show. It's up to you. Fantastic. Tom, what else do we have? Uh, don't forget about Facebook. So uh, that's kind of my fucking deal. Uh, I posted about the false idol god to pray to to make Tokyo yours today. Yes. I just posted up today uh, along with crazy flavored chips and all. Frozen. Did he stall? Tom, you there? Did we lose Tom? Tom! We lost He's him. He's back. He's back. Oh, there he is. Okay, cool. Yeah, Peter. So we got all those outlets for you to check out. Check them out. Enjoy. And on that note, Fade on in peace. Peace. Bye. Go fuck yourself.